That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Dumbledore now took out his wand and tapped three times upon the top of the casket. The lid creaked slowly open. Dumbledore reached inside it and pulled out a large, roughly hewn wooden cup. It would have been entirely unremarkable had it not been full to the brim with dancing blue-white flames. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the ways that the story and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 16, The Goblet of Fire. Hogwarts, uh, with the, also the students from Bobaton and Durmstrung, have a big feast, and afterward, Dumbledore brings out the Goblet of Fire, and the Triwizard Tournament officially begins. The Goblet gets set out in the entrance hall for people to put their names in. And the next day, Fred, George, and Lee Jordan dose themselves on Aging Potion, which of course does not trick the Goblet of Fire, and they're punished with long white beards. Harry, Ron, and Hermione spend the day at Hagrid's, and then they head up to the school for their second feast in as many days. This one is like a proper Halloween feast. After the feast, the Goblet of Fire delivers the names of the champions into Dumbledore's hands. Victor Crumb from Durmstrong, Fleur Delacour from Bobaton, Cedric Diggory from Hogwarts, and of course, Harry Potter as well. One, two, three, four, four five. five. <laughs> Great work, everyone. I feel like I start five when Christina does, and I hold five until the last person is finished. I'm like, five. 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 <laughs> Are we ready to get started? Sure. Hell fucking yeah. So. Let's do this. Okay. I'm putting the microphone really close to my face because of my volume issues. Why? I'm going to monitor you closely. You're being monitored, audacity. <laughs> Don't have audacity. This call is being recorded for audio assurance and training purposes. Honestly, consent is good, but she's kind of a narc, dude. Like, she really is like, I'm going to tell each and every one. I'm even going to remind you that I have my eyes on you, yeah. and this call is being fucking this recorded. This call is being recorded. <laughs> so you can't sue me when this ends up in some Krusty Krab training video. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, that is the greatest episode of all it time. It is the best <laughs> episode of SpongeBob. No. Let's watch it this weekend. Really. Oh my god, Yes. <laughs> My subscription of Paramount Plus is mostly because of Star Trek, but the very close second is I, I just watch reruns of SpongeBob all the time. I, that's so funny. I didn't know it was on anything. Paramount Plus has all SpongeBob, all of it. Only the first four or five seasons are actually any good, but it does have all well, of SpongeBob. I think I got like the first four or five seasons on Amazon a while back, just so I have them. Yeah, it's good. It's good to have. It's good background. I mean... I know I subject Sean to a lot of Bob's Burgers, like, <laughs> and it, you have to change it up sometimes. And SpongeBob, SpongeBob is the only other show that I've ever felt like that about. Mm -hmm. You know, Bob's Burgers is just like it's like The Simpsons, but good, but like wholesome and good. Like, yeah, like what if they all actually like? What if each this other? family was actually like a family and liked each other and weren't always trying yes. to strangle and abuse each other? <laughs> like, what that would have been. This 
I've said this once. I will say it again. My dream job is being the person that comes up with the burger of the day puns. Yeah. And the names of, like, yeah. the, the shops next door. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. just that and any other fantasy show ever. I think they just have, like, a team of dads for that. <laughs> this is why you need to write down every single pun that ever comes to I you. I feel like saying, I want to be the burger of the day namer is like saying, I want to be the guy that comes up with the idea in the video game company. I just want to be the person that comes up with the idea. That's the best job. It's, you it's, just you just let other people do the hard yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, except the position doesn't exist. <laughs> like, no, there's no idea guy in a fucking game studio. <laughs> Because every single person uh, that I, makes I, games, spoilers, right. every single guy, that every single person that makes games, spoilers, has ideas for games. And they don't need an idea guy <laughs> just to come up with uh, ideas. Is that, is that anything like how every editor is an aspiring author? I wish that, yeah. Hey, ouch, I represent that remark. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, but Haley, I have a bunch of great ideas for books that you or, or, or Christina could write for me. And then we could Yo. split the profits because it's my idea. Of course, you know. Sean, you know, that like actually does month. happen in the publishing industry. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Sean, like, once a month gets um, struck by, like, an incredibly good idea. And he, like, describes to me this whole plot of a book I need to write. And, I, and he's like, well, are you going to write it? And I'm like, I wasn't no. I wasn't taking notes. <laughs> like, I'm not going to write this book. I was just I along for this ride. Yeah, like, I'm in the middle of something. Yeah, SpongeBob clip where he's like, there's no time for notes. Or not SpongeBob, Steven Universe. Where he's like, there's no time for notes. I got to go <laughs> deliver this to my dad. Well, everybody, welcome to the restricted section, because I'm sure I started the episode at least five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> underage wizards need not apply unless they are very special boys. Really? Are they are they very special boys with very special parents in a very special school? Do they have do they have a very unusual scar on on their head? These boys show show special. I feel like I'm such a special scar. I, like, well, today we're going to do chapter one of this. And then I'm going to wake up in like a fever dream. Oh. I had a dream that I was on the first chapter of a Harry Potter book. <laughs> <laughs> That's that, when when I say I have work nightmares about the podcast, it's that every episode is the first chapter of the book. Oh no. It's like the the version of hell that we're all put in like from Coven and the American Horror Story. Tino's is just reliving the first episode yeah. ever, over <laughs> and over and over. No, it's it's like that John Mulaney bit where like it's seven first chapters in a row and then one Quidditch chapter. <laughs> and then it goes right back and to And then it goes chapters. right back to first chapter. <laughs> There's no Quidditch in this book even. I mean, they go to the World Cup though, don't they? Yeah, they got it no, all in, in the right. first there's, few chapters. Yeah, there's yeah. no Harry Quidditch. They're like, hey, what if we just put a big World Cup and then we just said fuck you to Quidditch for the rest of the book? What if that? Yeah, indeed. That's the way to do it. Just get it all done in the front. Welcome to uh, Harry Potter Book 4 Squid Game, uh, the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, listeners, you might recognize the voices of um, Haley, Zach, and Alex. This is the latest I've ever introduced anybody um, after we've already been <laughs> chit-chatting for so long. But, um, you know, so, hey, hey, Haley, what's up? I The less said about how I've been doing, the better, quite frankly. I'm definitely under a curse. Well, you're here now, and I'm super proud of you. Thanks. You're adulting so hard. We're so proud of you. That's right. It's the worst, and I hate it. <laughs> I did not consent to this. <laughs> yeah, Alex and Zach are, duh, from My Cabbages. You can catch them also on Prisoner of Azkaban Chapter 14, Snape's Grudge. You can also hear Zach's dulcet tones on our bonus episode about My Immortal, where I'm pretty much laughing, crying the entire Lots time without fun. stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, how have y'all been since you were last on the pod? 
I was really jealous when I was seeing everyone on social media and my feeds this past week posting their Spotify wrapped because I'm a basic bitch and use Amazon music instead of Spotify. And I'm like, well, fuck, I, what did I even do this year? And then looking back <laughs> and it's like, holy shit, in 2021, we uh, guest starred on this awesome podcast and now we're on this awesome podcast network and we're yes. pod sibs. We've like met in person. It's been a great year. So we've been up to a lot of things. We moved. Yeah. Which we talked about on an episode of Content and Capable, it's which true. you can also find Can't on Movie Niker Network. We wrapped season two of My Cabbages. It's over. Yeah. It's over. Yeah, you guys are on break. Yeah. You were on a break. Yes. yes. It's like you know, that like clip. Ro- Ross Geller. It's like that clip from uh, Billy Madison where he's like, For the love of God, cherish it. Well, before we get into this chapter, and there is a lot to talk mm-hmm. about, we have a listener email, a.k.a. Owl Mail. Adorable. <laughs> Yes, I'm super excited. This one's from Amy, um, whom, if this is the Amy I've spoken to before, is a longtime uh, listener and friend of the pod. Um, If not, hello, new listener named Amy and new friend of the pod. Amy says, hi, first of all, love the pod. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan and I love your take on the books, especially the fourth book, although I forgot how long it takes for anything to actually happen and how much filler (laughs) there is between each subsequent happening. And people complain about Deathly Hallows, dot, dot, dot. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I, for like a month, I was, this is me, Christina, interjecting. For like a month, I was like, am I burnt out on the podcast? Like, do I not enjoy Harry Potter anymore? But it was just the beginning of of the Goblet of Fire. Like, now that it's actioning, I'm like super into it again. It's a bear. It's a bear. Which even... Even during this episode, which is the namesake of the book, it's like, it's just a series of unfortunate, awkward dinner parties. (laughs) (laughs) I want to write that book series, and it's like a series of unfortunate events, but like more adult, you know? (laughs) That's a great, you need to write that down somewhere. Just hold on to it until you're ready. Amy goes on, just thought, heh. I'd take my, I'd email my take on SPEW. Um, well, they put it in all capitals, so I'm going to say S-P-E-W. S-P-E-W. I have a lot to say about SPEW this chapter. <laughs> Don't you worry about that. I read an article somewhere where that bitch claimed Hermione was supposed to be right about SPEW. Her approach was just horrible. I can definitely see this. However, I also wish if that were the case, it had been portrayed that way. Yeah. I actually do think the books were going in that direction, but by the last few books, that bitch was in over her head and SPEW got dropped beyond Hermione having a few what-the-fuck moments and the emphasis on the house elves being abused. Like Dobby, that house elf that was sent to Azkaban in a flashback and creature. Great, but I would have liked to have learned that Hogwarts started paying the house elves, for example. Even reading the books as a teen, or maybe especially given that I was a bit like Hermione, I was annoyed with how the house elves were handled. Thanks again for the great podcast. Nice to have my weekly dose of nostalgia. Smiley face, stay warm, Amy. Amy, I will not stay warm. It was very cold outside today, but thank you so much for your well wishes. You look pretty cozy right now. I'm not gonna lie. Thank you. I do have a hood completely on. (laughs) If you like fur-lined hoods, just have long hair and then a put a hood there on. You go. It's, it's, it's the easiest the, thing. The pro Same strat. damn thing. So yeah, this book was the first Harry Potter book that I read where I remember being like, oh, oh, this is a big boy. <laughs> like, this book is thick. Like, 
Prisoner of Azkaban just feels like, oh, well, wow, this is a true uh, true novel. And then book four. It's a book-sized yeah. book. Book four is like, what the fuck even is this? This is a cartoon of a book. This is like. It's true. It's slap, a chonker. Like a cartoon character slaps this down when they like. When An old sh- tome. Yeah. yeah. I always use the Sorcerer's Stone, um, which is about 76,000 words as an example of like a pretty standard um, like regular fiction or um, or YA fiction novel, like that's pretty much the standard length mm-hmm. um, that like most books are. Um, and then the Goblet of Fire is at least three times that, <laughs> just out of nowhere. Who did we ever figure out who her editor is? Like, no. did, that, did that bitch eat, she like didn't have put her one? name on it? Yeah, she had an editor, but you can only do so much, especially <laughs> by book four. But can you imagine if, like, movie series, like, by the end of a movie series, like, it was just, oh, well, this is just a, my five-hour conclusion to the to the movie series that I wrote. Like, if, oh if, 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 if Marvel movies were, like, J.K. Rowling books, that bitch books, uh, like, the Avengers would be, like, 15 hours long, and you'd need <laughs> three different, like, breaks in the That's middle of it. That's just a TV show. You're making prophecies at this point, because, like, a lot of series, <laughs> a lot of, like, book series, especially genre fiction, like, fantasy and stuff, have... I done the thing of like, yeah, there's there's however many books, but then the last one is split into two or into three. Mm. I think Twilight might have done that, or at least did Twilight it with the movies. did it. The Hunger Games did it. Wheel Harry Potter did it. did it. Okay, who did it first? I think it was Harry Potter, which I would argue good move. And I think like ever and like Hunger Games did not need to do that. Yeah. Um, any of these other movies just straight up did. You don't need to do the that. The problem is most books don't have like a big climactic conclusion halfway through that it can then build the rest of the story off of. Like, yeah, movies have to go out of their way to find some way to end the book. It's true. We did get slightly away from <laughs> Amy's email about Spew. I mean, SPEW. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I definitely agree with you, Amy, that um, it, it's pretty clear that that bitch got in over her head and she was like, I'm social justice because I am like just pointing out a variety of things and doing nothing. Yeah. A, a, a lot of things of my own fabrication, you know. But it's also like I, it's, I was going to get into this later on in the chapter and I probably still will. But I just think it's incredibly intellectually dishonest to be like. Hey, I've invented a slave class that likes to be slaves. And the, there's the, a lot of that in this. The chapter. rest of yeah. the book, the rest of the world I've constructed is going to do nothing but validate that that fact about the world. Is like it's not that like the ruling class thinks that the slaves like to be slaves. It's that no, literally yeah. because I've written it that way, the slaves like to be slaves. And I'm like, that's that's not fair. That's not fair yeah. to do. Yeah. yeah, I was I, I was also going to get into this uh, a little later, but I was thinking Rip about it. Rip off that Band-Aid. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, these, these you don't want to see what's under these bandages. Listeners, oh dear, I've been having a injured. hell of a month. Yes. Yeah, I am visibly injured. Um, my, my index and thumb, my, my index finger and thumb are both ready to be interred under a pyramid. Anyway, um, I was thinking about the whole thing with the house elves, and I think... I think kind of what happened, because Amy's absolutely right, like, 
Hermione is correct and she is going about this in like the white feminist way that is just yeah, yeah like incorrect but um if you look at a lot of especially British uh, literature, especially British literature for kids, like before Harry Potter, um, like the stuff that got really popular, like Roald Dahl and stuff, like these are the influences that that, uh, that she who must not be named was uh, working from. And like, all right, think of Roald Dahl, think of the Oompa Loompas. There was like a trope in a lot of like imperial British literature that mm. lasted into the modern day of like mm-hmm. the the friendly foreigner or mm. the the kindly servant who likes being a servant. Like it was mm. that was a very very common trope, and it feels like when she first developed the house elves, she was kind of just going for an Oompa Loompa thing, and then the world, especially in this book number four, gets. Like, the stakes get higher, and it gets a little more, like, what are the adult implications of the silly nonsense from the first three books? Mm -hmm. And that's where, like, the house elf stuff kind of starts to fall apart, because it's like, no, this is actually horrifying. Mm -hmm. Uh, This shouldn't be glossed over, and then it just is. Also, hashtag justice for the Oompa Loompas, because, like, come on, they're they're just No, they all need to unionize. They're just as oppressed as everything else. Going along, though, with uh, Haley's analysis that this is a pretty stereotypical white feminist uh, take on these types of issues, reading a quote from back in the day of in an interview when Dat Bitch was asked why bigotry was made a central part or theme, particularly in this book, she said, uh, because bigotry is probably the thing I detest most. Uh, etc. <laughs> Oppressed groups are not generally speaking people who stand firmly together. No, sadly, they kind of subdivide among themselves and fight like hell. That's human nature, so that's what you see here. Whoa! It has not aged well, Miss Rowling. We don't have time to unpack like all, all that. Of that. <laughs> right, right. I feel like I, I, yeah. I forgot the inflection of his delivery because I've only seen the, the meme. I like I only saw the stand up version of it actually like many years ago. Now, we don't have time to unpack all of that. Oh, Thank that was you. incredible. Zach. Thank, well you. Done. Thank you very much. That, that does. That's like uh, ringing a bell for sure. <laughs> I'm going to start us off on the chapter if everyone's ready to talk about this chapter. Please Please bring it on. Okay. So Bobaton and Durmstrang have just arrived in dramatic fashion. And we just learned that like, oh, it's Victor Crumb. The Victor Crumb? Yeah, the Victor Crumb. He apparently is young enough to still be in school. It's a huge surprise to all. I'm subscribed Um, to his TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think of like a TikTok Quidditch pun. Quid, 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 quid ditch. Quid, 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 it's that's not that didn't work. That's not a TikTok <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh my god. Um. Yeah. Ron's like, I need to get his autograph, and everyone else is like, Don't be a fucking idiot. Yeah. And then they go into the Great Hall for dinner. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I just have to say with. With Ron fangirling and simping so hard over Victor Crumb. He's simping reminds, so hard. It reminds me of the paparazzi articles that, like, plaster across the front of, like, Us Weekly. Where it's like, look, celebrities at the grocery store in their pajamas. They're real people, too. <laughs> yes. Yes, Ron. He went to, he goes to school. Like, Imagine wow. that. Victor Crumb is just like us. Uh, today I learned that in Russia they have schools. 
<laughs> I think it's because you would expect a professional athlete to be, I think, an adult, right? Mm. Yeah. Especially one who's like, he's clearly been playing long enough that he's like a big deal already. So mm-hmm. like, if he's maybe 18, 17, like, it sounds like he's about 18 years old. Yeah. yeah. So like, I guess maybe he's just like, the new thing. Like, you know, every, I don't understand sports. I don't know anything about sports. But every year when like, football uh-huh. is, you're doing great. So yeah, far. yeah, yeah. Like the when they're when they're picking their new their new kids out of the out of the, the football draft. college. The draft. That's, That's, right. Right. That's right. I think so. Yeah, when they're doing the draft, there's always a few names that crop up. So maybe Crum was like a big deal in the Quidditch draft. The Bulgarian Quidditch draft. You don't get a yeah. choice. You just get a letter in the mail and you're just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, honey. I have to go. <laughs> I have to go play for the Giants. I don't have a choice. No, no, you have to flee. You can flee to Canada. It'll be okay. I've been like really weirdly um, reading this. Is, this is just not my style, but I've been reading like a historical fiction about the military. It's not like me, but it's like World War II and they're talking about the draft at length. And I'm like, if I got drafted, I would move. I would move like, to Canada, I would yeah. never, no I would never fight for this country no in a million way. years. Dude, not to not to completely sidetrack us, but at the bookstore I used to work in, there was an old lady who was like uh, just an old school radical founding member of the Green Party, personally knew Ralph Nader. Um, and Fun. her husband was a doctor, and she would tell stories about how he used to give people like fake disability uh things so that they could get out of the draft and nom that's doing a real service i remember i remember the uh there was a moment in the in the the trump era where i was like haha fuck you i aged out of the draft suck my dick uh yeah well in all realness though with sports there's depending on the sport uh there are kids that are fielded from very young ages like in hockey there are kids that will be taken out of high school as like age 14 or 15 and they will start practicing in these camps and then they'll have like private tutors and shit and yeah so so crumb is that times like just on the the last edge of the soviet union intensity Yeah. yeah I'm guessing the wizard Soviet Union was to Quidditch like Russia, like the actual Soviet Union was to like ballet. Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. We don't have time to unpack all oh. of that. <laughs> anyway, so the chapter. Bobaton tries to sit with Ravenclaw. No, they do. They, they succeed in sitting with Ravenclaw. And then Ron tries to be like, hey, Crumb and Durmstrang, come sit over here. But they go with Slytherin instead. Yeah. Which is so sim- so symbolic. It's like, what if all of them was evil too? The guys who showed up on a spooky pirate ship? What? What a foreshadow. <laughs> the flying Dutchman? Haley, I almost choked on my wine. <laughs> the food the food appears and Ron thinks he's helping himself to a, a, a bit of black pudding, but it's actually a pumpkin pie from Marie Callender. <laughs> Oh my god, you're dating the episode. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I'll post a link to that in the show notes. See, for me, I was thinking of Mean Girls and just how much drama surrounded my high school experience based upon who you sat with at the lunch table. True. And um, this just brought up a lot of unsettling, uncomfortable memories that I'm just going to continue to suppress. (laughs) Oh my god. You can't sit with us. They're not wearing pink. (laughs) 
It's Wednesday. Wow, it actually is Wednesday. <laughs> it's always Wednesday. It becomes clear throughout this dinner that Harry and Ron are like weirdly horny. They're like every single like <laughs> woman that walks by, they're like <laughs> they're like <laughs> well Ron is at the very least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not it's not cute. I think this is my favorite movie, so I've watched it a lot. So, like, this book, more than the rest of them, it's, like, really hard for me to separate them sometimes. And, like, I just think about when, like, the Bobaton hose are, like, rolling into the hall, and they're, like, the camera, like, does, like, an ass shot of, like, all of these minor girls in their little dresses. And it's, like, the weirdest... I'm like, why are we doing this right now? If this was a Japanese anime, we would definitely have gotten a panty shot. Oh, yes. for sure. Yeah. No, yeah. Th- and like the movie also makes them like girl and boy only schools, Bobaton yes. and Dormstrang. So, and like they are clearly co-ed in the books. Oh, yes. they are? I didn't realize oh, yeah. that. Yeah, no, yeah. there's like, there are a couple of Bobaton's boys mentioned at the Yule Ball. There's definitely at least one girl in the Dormstrang contingent that's mentioned. Now that I know that, I am 100% on Team Durmstrang. Yeah, well, it becomes, I mean, these two schools become personified by their champions because we don't get to meet any of the rest of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, That's true. And the um, headmistress of Bobaton is, like, a woman, and the headmaster of Durmstrang is a dude also. So those are, like, those are the characters we get to meet from these respective schools, and it just genders the whole thing so much. Yeah. It's so frustrating. It's like, man, I wish... I wish we could maybe, oh, do we ever hear from any of these schools ever again? Like, ever, ever again throughout the rest of the series? Uh, no, I don't think we do. Yeah, I think we get to see Victor Crumb one more time. Yeah, yeah Hermione uh, exchanges letters with Victor Crumb, and it causes a whole thing with Ron, but that's kind of it. <laughs> Jealousy is really attractive, Ron. Keep it up. Do you remember in Moulin Rouge when it's like... Jealousy! Yes! Jealousy! will drive you it's like all of Ron's character flaws. See, when I was reading this book growing up, because I pretty much was sure like I was one to one or like a little bit like a year behind maybe of the age of the actual characters. So mm-hmm. when I was, this was the first book, I think, where Harry and Ron and like the male students actually started paying attention to the opposite gender and my entire life i had just been waiting for like like boys to hit puberty and for my crust to even acknowledge me so when i was reading these books i felt vindicated and now looking back on it 15 years later i'm like yeah this is just really simpy and gross (laughs) (laughs) yep simpy and gross simpy and gross ding (laughs) speaking of simpy and gross just kidding um dumbledore welcomes everyone and is like welcome to the feast then they're like eating, they're feasting. A Bobaton girl comes over and asks if she can have the rest of their. Anyone? I uh, boilerbase. Ba- My mom always said boilerbase. 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 I'm sure that's wrong, but boilerbase. It looks good enough, Haley. What did you say, Alex? I said boilerbase, but I think my bubbies, uh, my my ba- my B and my. Yeez are my L's are mixed up. Your your, your Yeezys. <laughs> uh, but I can't okay. confirm that this dish is delicious. And okay, well that's good. It's like a seafood stew, and uh, yeah, uh, Ron just needs to get mm. over it. Yeah. Like Ron is like hypnotized by this woman, and he can, he can like barely speak to her. And when she leaves, he insists that she's Vila. 
I don't know if he like is like I got the same kind of boner that I got when I saw the Vila at the Quidditch World Cup or like yeah yeah why he's so one sure. time I saw a Bob Vila commercial and I just popped a huge chub like I just could not contain it it was unreasonable. Hi, I'm Bob Vila. The way that Bob Vila put that table together, oh, salacious. What are you guys talking about? Who's Bob Vila? You've never heard of Bob Vila? He's just like a, a no. like a, like a handyman on like you know HGTV or whatever. I think he oh. might do like like you know infomercials and stuff too. Yeah, back in the day, he was like the real life Tim the Toolman Taylor, and oh. like on the show Home Improvement, they actually got Bob Vila to come into a cameo. <laughs> they, these are the moments when I remember that Harry is very much the youngest of his friends, because mm. like. This is the age, man. This is the age where a couple months start making a difference. So yep. I think Harry just is not as horny as Ron right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harry's just like, oh, she's an objective fact. She's physically attractive. Ron's sitting there like affected. Ron is so emotional and he is so bad at processing his emotions. Like it's absolutely absurd. He's yeah. like having nom flashbacks. Yeah, like <laughs> the toxic masculinity runneth over. So why is Harry unaffected? Cause he's in love with Draco. I mean, <laughs> I mean. Yeah, it's true. It's cause he's gay, dude. I mean. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I think uh, Ron's a little confused. He was just as a uh, fangirl over Victor as he was over this uh, Beau Baton chick. But so. d- have, you, have you ever seen the, ser- the TV show An Idiot Abroad? Oh, no. An Idiot Abroad is basically a show where, like, Ricky Gervais and his friend send this guy to, like, foreign countries, and he's just some, like, homebody, like, British guy who just hates, like, going to foreign places and stuff, and it all weirds him out very, very, like, in a very, like, I don't know, it's hard to explain. Ron is, like, the quintessential Idiot Abroad, like, with his, the way he reacts to all the food and stuff, Mm, he's like, I "I don't get it, it's not bangers and mash, so I can't stand it. (laughs) There does seem to be, like, some kind of lampooning of British culture, like, there's always a lot of lampooning of British culture in these books, but, like, the... Hogwarts students' reactions to the foreign students is definitely, like, playing on that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like... Yeah, what, they're being, like, really shitty. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, when how the bow batons are so turned off by, like, the food, and I'm like, does that bitch just really hate French people? Like, does their school have gold bidets? Like, why are they so um, upset? It's the France-UK thing. Yeah. yeah, it's the France-UK thing. Like, yeah, she's gonna make fun of the Brit kids for uh, being weirded out by the French and, I don't know, Easter, vaguely Eastern European kids, but she's not going to not take pot shots at the French. Right. That's just part <laughs> of her civic duty as a British person. <laughs> Okay, so Bagman and Crouch roll up. Um, they sit at the teacher's table. Apparently, they're going to be, like, judges in this thing. And they've been planning this whole thing, which... For I'm not, months! I, I For can't months. get into. I can't get into you wouldn't do this the same year as the Quidditch World Cup again, but I stand by my opinion that you would not do this the same year as the Quidditch World no. Cup. Dumbledore stands up to give a speech. He's like, here they are. Here I am. Here's the Goblet of Fire. Ta-da. Filch brings out a wooden chest. Um, a casket. Rip- yeah, a casket. I'm so sorry. It's like waiting for the body to just be pulled out of it. <laughs> He's like, it's the Goblet of Fireball. And Harry's like, oh, no thanks. I'm not really a cinnamon guy. <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> oh, that's a good drink. Let's make that drink. Yes. 
Yeah, no, but really, going back to the the two-person International Olympic Committee that took uh, months to plan this event, clearly Mm. they have not met with any oracles. They're not using scrying or any magic to assist with this, um, because if they did, they would realize how much of a shit show Firefest was and how you try and organize an entire festival, let alone an international festival, in the span of a few months. Right. Exactly. I have so many questions about the Magical Olympics, but I will refrain. <laughs> <laughs> That's something we could do a whole episode speculating about. Like, does it rotate schools? Like, why are, is it only hosted at Hogwarts? Like, why not these, why only three schools all from mm-hmm. Europe? Are there other magical schools? Like, mm-hmm. I, a whole year? It took them a whole year, why but don't they we only ever have hear 24 about, hours? To, why don't like, we ever hear about <gasps> African wizards? Or, like, mm-hmm. Asian wizards, even. That would be mm-hmm. fun. Where is Bob mm-hmm. Costas? <laughs> I, I think in the chapter when they first... I was just on the chapter when they uh, introduced the Triwizard Tournament. So I think it's just the three biggest schools in Europe. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Which implies there are smaller ones. And this is this is what I will never, ever, ever, ever... I'm, I'm staring at the camera right now. Ever. <laughs> it's very intense forgive fantastic beasts 2 for because i feel like we we fantastic beasts could have been a series about the main character going to all these different places around the world and we get to see all these different like places of the mm. magical like what was it wizarding world how interesting would that have been mm. and squandered how interesting anyway we'll never know yeah big big fat anyway <laughs> Dumbledore whips it out. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. There are kids here, dude. I don't remember that in the... Hold on. Let me go back and read it. <laughs> it it's a goblet. It's full of fire. He's like, this is a, a judge. I don't know, man. He, this thing is going to choose you, maybe. It's like so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so stupid conceptually. Why is the book even named this? It should obviously be called... The Triwizard the Tournament. The Triwizard Tournament. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? But it's like maybe like do you think that after the after the the calling or whatever like the goblet of fire and the sorting hat like hang out and they're just like yeah it's sucks being sentient objects doesn't it it sure <laughs> fucking does oh my god I gotta make decisions for people what the fuck is that bullshit I would like to know exactly how and like this is gonna come up in the next chapter and be more relevant I understand that but. This bothers me as an editor. The placing Mm. of your name in the goblet constitutes a binding magical contract. There can Mm. be no change of heart once you have become a champion. Please be Mm. very sure, therefore, that you are wholeheartedly prepared to play before you drop your name in the goblet. Now it's time for bed. No stakes, (laughs) no consequences. It's binding. It's a binding magical contract. Okay, so what if I don't do it? Eh, It's binding. Do I explode? Do I die? What if I get on the train and go back home? right like tonight (laughs) at no point does he try to see how binding it is it just bothers me they're just you're gonna actually you're gonna get to see the uh real dungeon that they have that um (laughs) so yeah they basically explain that like you put your name in the goblet and then it's gonna choose whoever's the most worthy how like you don't know me goblet fuck you Fuck you, Goblet. <laughs> you don't know me. I haven't even met you before tonight. Take me take me out on one date first. Jeez. Buy me a drink. Right. You have to include your social media handle on the paper so that the Goblet has something to go off of. Otherwise... No, it's it's just like, it's just doing handwriting analysis. <laughs> yeah. This was back when that was legit. That's right. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's just like super annoying to me that there are two goblets involved in this, like the Triwizard Cup and the Goblet of Fire. Like it seems so stupid. Like why would you have two goblets? Like just the one <laughs> goblet is sufficient. That never bothered me That's before point, because I think they use a different word for the trophy. But also like if the trophy was the goblet, that would be so much cooler and also make the name of the book make more sense. Yes. Yeah. Why? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Consolidate. Consolidate. I just want to know, has anyone ever stolen this and tried to use it as like a giant pimp cup where they just are drinking out of it? Like, because that's what (laughs) I would use this goblet for. Oh, my God. That's so funny. (laughs) The literal goblet of fireball. The goblet of fireball. I'm going to wait. I'm going to get some custom Etsy merch after this. That <laughs> giant goblet says goblet of fireball. Um, so basically, students have 24 hours to enter this contest. And then after the Halloween feast the next day, because what day is it? It's October 3rd, 30th. The, the cup's going to select its champions on Halloween tomorrow. I wish Halloween was tomorrow from today. Like, that would be so yeah, nice. Yeah, if you'd, if you'd line Halloween. it up like that. It would that. be my birthday again. real talk here why is this a book about witches and wizards at a wizarding school celebrating these bullshit christianized holidays like oh yeah we're witches and wizards there's magic but it's halloween Sawin? what's that no that bitch loves to write about witches and wizards in name only which is why it like boggles my mind when Mm -hmm. people back in the day were like oh my god if you read this book your child's gonna become a witch and start worshiping satan and it's like jk rowling can't tell a witch (laughs) from like her own asshole (laughs) (laughs) they're gonna start practicing wicca like cut to harry saying happy christmas ron like it doesn't make any fucking sense I mean, I think it's it just goes back to uh, the fact that this is all supposed to be a satire of uh, British culture. Um, yeah. Because, like, British culture is kind of compulsory Christian, but, like, lazy about it. And I feel yes. like that's kind of the same vibe with Wizards of, like, here yes. are the holidays that we kind of tacked on to Christianity that have always existed in one form or another. And we're just going to kind of do whatever. And we do this in christenings. And that's kind of it. I would argue that's giving JK maybe a little too much credit, but that's fine. (laughs) No, I think it's lazy. I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily deliberate. Like something she thought through. I think she's just like, this is going to be a parody of British culture. Well, what, what characterizes British culture? Lazy Anglicans. Yes, mm. I was going to say the Anglicans are so bullshit. People will get this because my experience is universal, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah. all of Europe is having this entire, like, reformation and Henry VIII is like, mm, we're just going to do our own thing. Thanks, Don't fam. get Christina started. Don't get Christina started on Henry VIII. Don't do it. <laughs> it's funny because, like, five minutes ago, I was like, should I bring up Henry VIII? Because he's relevant. And then I was like, don't bring him up. It's not the time or place to If you're going to bring him up, I'm going to need another drink. <laughs> Can we do an entire bonus episode about Henry VIII, please? <laughs> don't. Yeah. Yeah, we can. It'll need to be a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I did a I did a PowerPoint in under it's supposed to be five minutes. I think I did it in under fifteen minutes about uh Henry the Eighth and all my thoughts about his thoughts. That was her restraining yes. herself. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Moving briskly on. Um uh okay, then oh, feast over. Karkaroff is, is like, you're Harry Potter, and he like stares at him. 
And Harry's like, yes, I am. And then Mad-Eye Moody tries to get into a staring contest. And they're like, well, this isn't fair. You have a mechanic eye. No one, None of us can compete with that. We're all oh, going to lose. Oh, do you think it's mechanical? Or magical. It definitely makes little, like, mechanical whirring noises in the movie. Yeah, point being, like, he's nev- it's never going to blink. So he's always going to win that staring contest. It's true. Yeah. So, uh, whatever, they go to bed. The next day is Saturday, and it's Halloween. How fun. It's so fun when Halloween's on a Saturday. Why do they have pumpkins, but, like, why don't they dress up? Like, is this I just playing? I don't want to talk about why they don't dress up. It makes me so sad. <laughs> I'm just like, is this, like, the ultimate lazy of the laziest Guys, British? Guys, they're clearly, they're clearly all dressed up as witches and wizards. They're yes. already in costume. They're already in costume. It's dude. just an entire cosplay. I don't see why this is so hard to understand. This entire book series is just an l- entire LARP. That's it. It's funny because Harry Potter cosplay is super underwhelming these days. So this is like, if we were, uh, if this was a series, if, if we got like a Netflix original, like Harry Potter reboot TV show, there'd be like a whole like several minute like montage of students trying to put their names in the goblet and with like goofy little gimmicks that they try to do to like get past mm-hmm. the goblet. Oh, that would be cute. And like someone walks in wearing like Groucho <laughs> Marx glasses. <laughs> there's there's this part where like I wrote this down just because it it struck me as like that bitch, like, what are you doing? Where Hermione says it says, Oh, I wouldn't do that if I were you, said Hermione warningly. Warningly? That just feels really awkward and weird to me. Here's the thing. People, like, writers say that adverbs are terrible, (laughs) and they're not inherently, but when, like, there's no arguing that they, so much evil can be done with them. Warningly. The rule that I've heard with adverbs is that, like, you use them, they are best used in situations where, this is a piece of free writing advice for everybody, um, Uh they're best used, (laughs) (laughs) uh, they're best used in situations where, like, it's not obvious that something is being done like thatly, um, so, like, in this case, (laughs) if Hermione is saying, I wouldn't do that, Hermione said, like, it's, that's a warning, she's saying, (laughs) right, yeah, yeah, whereas if it's, like, if somebody's saying something uh, super depressing, but like in an upbeat tone, then you need to put in like, "Hey, right. they're they're being they're, there's a different tone here than you would expect." What you That's say, where adverbs are what, best used. What you're saying is adverbs are best used sparingly. Sparingly, yeah, sparingly, <laughs> exactly. I would highlight the shit out of that and be like, you don't have to tell us she's doing yeah. something warningly one yeah. second after she warns us. Sometimes I get a little cunty with my authors. I'm like, look at it. After 100 pages, it's you get pissy. I even <laughs> wrote like, with caution, even like, like be a little more creative, I guess. I'm just caution. Or just like a facial expression or just like a facial expression, some body language. That feel something. when you realize that the books that you loved as kids weren't as well written as you thought they were. Well, yeah, because they were written for kids. You weren't discerning as a kid, so it didn't matter. True. I read discerningly. Um need I remind you all of the my immortal adverb demic <laughs> flirtily, sensitively, keenly. Sexily, resultant, res, resultantly, surprisingly, arngrily. We got sexily again, seductively, 
suicidally. This sentence says, I got up suicidally. Confusedly. (laughs) Indigoily. You know, like the indigo girls. Gothically. This one is quietly spelled Q-W-I-E-T-L-Y. Lots of sexilies. I just keep... <laughs> There's four sexilies in this one paragraph. <laughs> Voldemort and Hag- Hedwig started to make out sexily. <laughs> For all this and more, please join our Patreon <laughs> to listen to our bonus episodes about my immortal and other things. Some of the best dialogue tags of my life. I'm a, I want to make like a, a photo compilation and be like, when we say that adverb suck, this is what we mean. When are, when are we going to do parts two, three, and four of the My Immortal <laughs> breakdown <laughs> on the bonus episode? I can't do it again. <laughs> I'm not strong <laughs> enough. I could do like a separate podcast about My Immortal. I, I will not have enough alcohol to get through even one more There's episode. You would die mold. of liver cirrhosis before <laughs> yes, you I got would. through it. <laughs> Okay, okay, guys, get it together. Um, everyone's up early. They're hanging around the goblet of fire in the entrance hall, and Durmstrang has already come through and put their names in because they're just go-getters. Um, and then Fred, George, and Lee Jordan, Loki, my favorite character, Lee Jordan. Yeah. They roll up, and they have all just taken the slightest bit of aging potion, and they are fucking ecstatic and optimistic as fuck right now. For a split second... They're on top of the world. They're feeling 17. They de- they definitely did some drugs before, like, <laughs> dropping them. I know, they they like, dropped before they dropped their names in the goblet. <laughs> They're feeling great. Um, And then, so Fred steps over the age line first. And, like, for a split second, it seems to have gone well. So George follows immediately, which I would not have made yeah. that same choice. Yeah. I would have been like, I'm going to watch you walk all the way up there. You know, in Squid Game, you don't jump on the glass right after someone else. You wait to see if it breaks. Like, that's all I'm saying. Trauma. Trauma. <laughs> <laughs> all the trauma. <laughs> um, but then they both get, like, thrown out of the circle. And then they each grow a long white beard. And, you know... And then Dumbledore comes and compliments them after their tomfoolery and (laughs) gives him a compliment. And you know what? If Dumbledore is giving you a compliment on your beard, you know that you're looking fly. That man's got that man's got straight up beard game for sure. It's true. It's just so interesting to me that like not only is the goblet like sentient in the way that it can discern who is worthy and who is not but it can also like antagonize people who try and fail to get their names in like i, I don't know if it's the goblet oh, it, or if it's because they didn't it's manage dumbledore. to that's dumbledore's dumbledore's yeah, that's, a, that's a dumbledore fucking around with his students yeah you're right you're right in the books they like get thrown out of the aging circle and then like everyone laughs at them and then they're laughing too in the movie, they instantly start fighting and wrestling and screaming at each other. <laughs> um, what do you guys think of that? The, I, I'm always very curious when a movie chooses to do the exact opposite of what the of what the book does. You know, I think in the book it's a lot more wholesome. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, all right, well, we tried, and oh well. I always I like guess- that kind of energy. I don't know, because it's all about tropes, and what better a trope than two twin teenage, like, brothers roughhousing? I don't know. 
it's just more visually interesting, I think. Like, this is this is definitely more wholesome and I think more in character for them and for yeah. how they would react to mm-hmm. Dumbledore getting them good. Uh, yeah. But, like, it, imagine if you saw it, like, visually in the movie. That would be hard to shoot in an interesting way of just, like, two people looking at each other and then laughing. Like, it would come, come off kind of corny. See, I don't, I don't know about that. I feel like, you, you know, they look at each other, they chuckle... Everyone else around them starts chuckling. End of scene. Yeah. Would have been fine. They should be pointing at each other laughing. I just think that if this is the the film, is was like the American approach to handling a problem, whereas the mm. book is the British way, like, ha ha, good show, old boy. Yeah. <laughs> I just like have a hard time thinking that they fight like that. Yeah. Like, it just doesn't seem quite right to me. They're always pretty in sync. I don't I don't think they're like a wrestling, like screaming kind of situation. No. Not all! Like, they just throw on there. <laughs> They'd be going to Dumbledore and be like, yo, how did you do the beard thing? We gotta put that in like a candy bar or something for our Hogsmeade uh, store. Okay, so they, they go off to Madame Pomfrey, who's already removing some other beards. Don't even worry about it. Um, they go to breakfast. The Great Hall's looking very sexy, all decked out for Halloween. Just regular breakfast. Um, and then after breakfast, Bobaton puts their names in the goblet. And then our trio goes down to visit Hagrid, their first visit of the year, of term. Mm-hmm. Well, before um, then, Hermione's like, oh, I can ask Hagrid to, to join uh, Spew. And, and Ron is like, what's with her? And it's like, what the fuck, Ron? Like... Yeah. Ron's like, God, Hermione wanting to... SJW. Yeah, Hermione wanting to to get behind a social cause. Fucking cringe, am I right? And, like, puts on a pair of fucking sunglasses or something. (laughs) So dumb. I have, like, a vivid memory of when I was, like, 18. Um, I was still talking to some guy I had always flirted with in high school, and... I was we we were just like talking sexy talk and then he, I said something and he was like oh I didn't realize you were an SJW <laughs> and I had to I had to google it cuz I was like what's that and I I was like oh I see and I it was like a transformative moment in my life I was like I don't need to talk to you anymore Goodbye but see forever. it was like I feel like I mean and and you know this is maybe getting a little too personal but like when I was younger there was definitely a period of time where I was I held fairly toxic opinions and didn't we all of course but like i feel like reading book four and how hermione was portrayed in her like social crusade like Mm. validated those shitty fucking opinions that i had in a way that was like really really detrimental to my growth and it was like oh look at this silly girl trying to like uh, it's like oh it's so it's like no like Hermione like genuinely cares about these these people these people that make food for the fucking humans. They're people, by the way. Uh, yeah. And yeah, it was just like I don't know. It was just it should have been a red flag then, right? Like yeah, what you write matters, mm-hmm. especially especially if you're writing for children. People who produce media for children have such a great responsibility. Yeah. And frankly, I I kind of say this a lot, like no offense to this entire podcast, <laughs> but there are other fandoms on our network that are more valuable, I think. Um, I think Percy Jackson and Avatar are two of like the best, like most wholesome fandoms you can be a part of. Hey, uh, maybe... Um, Harry Potter is not where it's at. Maybe subscribe to my cabbages if you haven't yet. Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean... 
If you haven't seen Avatar The Last Airbender, I have I could not recommend anything more, including Bob's Burgers, which we were talking about earlier mm. this episode. Like Avatar is the best whatever. We don't need to go there. Okay. It's just I it sometimes reading this, I just kind of like you were saying, Zach, I'm like, I feel like shit. There's just so much shit in here. Yeah. Like no one's being good ever. Yeah. I do love this little interlude while they're waiting for Hermione, where the uh, Bobaton students show up and Harry's just like, hey, Ron, it's your friend. Just like ragging on his <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> ragging on his best friend but for having a boner for this hot girl. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, when you think about the how the narrative is Harry, because it's like, oh, look, he said suddenly. And it's like, Harry just it just comes out of his mouth. You know, yeah. he's just like, whoa, <laughs> yeah. this may be backtracking a little bit, but like we were we're all confused teens and you know what Jerron's working it out but when he was so concerned about where people were sleeping and it was like wait we can totally have Victor Crumb like he can sleep in our bed like I'll sleep on the floor <laughs> yeah 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 oh my god that is so thirsty that's the thirstiest shit of my life and I'm like the one bed trope and I could totally <laughs> he's, he's trying to manufacture the one bed trope yeah. he already does it for like one famous wizard pretty regularly <laughs> so Crum, Crum, you can share my bunk okay I'll be the little spoon I'm not particular I'll be the little spoon I'll be the big spoon whatever, whichever you want and oh maybe God. we can invite that um, that that girl with the with the yeah. with the blonde hair who may or may not be Avila. You know, maybe possibly okay, she would I, also be interested in getting in. On maybe that. this was established earlier in the book, and I haven't read it in many many years, and I just read this chapter. But what is Avila? There, um, oh my god, I remember when they first came up in this book, I was like, wait, I have a book about this. And I pulled out my, like, fairy book, and I looked, I went to the Vila page, and it was like, it basically said, like, Vila, as seen in Harry Potter. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) What? I think they're, like, uh, like, sirens. But like less terrible and also land fairy, gotcha. kind of kind of harpies, kind of kind succubi. Of yeah, because they can go like ugly. They have ugly mad mode and happy sexy mode oh, as I most see. women. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. and like, uh, we, and we had like a whole conversation about like, is it just is it just men or like anyone who's attracted to women who like when they start dancing and like pretty music starts playing, they're just like immediately I have to impress them must breed like the creatures in Sinbad but not made out of water I refuse to believe that Haley would not fall victim to a Avila oh I would absolutely <laughs> fall victim to a Avila are you kidding me okay we have to go boldly on to Hagrid's house yeah um and I say boldly because that suit is bold <laughs> he's wearing his terrible orange suit he tried to comb and grease his hair um and it is in pigtails <laughs> His beard is in pigtails. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. It says that the suit is hairy, and I'm like, hairy? Oh, it's a what? hairy it's suit. Hairy? What? I, don't oh. I am, I all, I am very proud of Hagrid for trying to like get dressed up and in his own way be all impressed, and I think it's super crude that he has a crush. But I feel that as a caretaker for magical creatures, wearing a fur suit is just antithetical to your Mm -hmm. practices like would hagrid be a member of PETA? careful careful or or or, uh that bitch might uh portray you as uh silly and pedantic um here's (laughs) something that zach and alex might not know about me do you know i worked at PETA for one week wow did you go and like throw blood on like someone's (laughs) fur coat 
I got to do pretty cool stuff like going and checking on dogs we were worried about, but it was a nightmare place. I Yeah, I'm, <laughs> it, was, I'm it was the worst place ever. I'd say I'm a very very big proponent of uh removing animal cruelty from the world, but I'm not PETA's biggest fan. <laughs> Yeah, they've got they've done some weird stuff. I'm not sure if Harry here is supposed to refer to like it's a literal fur suit or if it's just like the most ugly kind of tweed yeah. you can possibly yeah, imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's kind of the vision because, I like, got. Like, furry, if yeah. Yeah, like, like frayed, it's, maybe. Like, not even frayed. I think it's just, like, the type of fabric. Because, like, if you've ever known someone who has actual giantism, like, is just too tall, uh, like, for, to do any, like, to fit through doors and To be and allowed, shit. as the book describes him, Yeah, too pretty tall much. Yeah. No, like, there, there are people who are, like, you know, seven, eight feet tall. Um, and, like, finding clothes for them is apparently a huge challenge so like maybe this is literally the best that Hagrid could find in wow. his size oh my god Hagrid poor boy accessibility poor somebody could magic it black for him though so it's at least classy yeah it would be great if he had like anything else but like I kind of feel like he can't afford to get something like custom made and you also know who doesn't could? have taste and he didn't you know have a mom could? or like a family member you, you know who could afford to buy Hagrid a very dope suit. Harry. Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Harry Potter. Oh my or, god. Or, you know, maybe I the dude who pays him, Dumbledore, who could give him enough money for a decent whatever. It's you're, no, you're right. Right. They're, they're at his house. They're at his house. Harry po- Harry Potter, the book about the 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 white boy who uh, gets oppressed for the beginning of his life, and then Hagrid is like, Psych, look, you're actually a privileged person, just like every other <laughs> Look at that. You have oh, all this dear. money. My basic well, when they're eating at Hagrid's house and they're having their second of three meals in this chapter, um mm-hmm. it's described as some type of beef casserole that then Hermione politely it's just true. discards because she finds a talon. And I'm sorry, but <laughs> with all of these magical creatures in this world, I have a really fucking hard time believing that wizarding folk are going to eat cow, <laughs> especially ground cow. <laughs> Beef? But wait, 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 hold on a second. Like, cows don't have talons. I think that's the whole idea of, like, it was, like, it's described like, as a beef. From? Like, she was like, what is this? And oh, my God. Kind of, like, beef casserole. Do you, do you read, like, oh, my God. That casserole is Buckbeak. Shut up. <laughs> it's not Buckbeak, but whatever happened to those other hippogriffs, huh? I'm just saying. Where are they at? That's, listen, where are they at? That's good eating. Where are okay? they at? Where are they at? That's good eating. Happy place. Happy no, place. no. All right, like, we need to focus. Yeah, yeah, because there's a big, like, uh, there's a big human rights elephant in the room right here that we have to talk about. <laughs> I, when you said elephant, I literally was like, damn, he meant to say element for sure. <laughs> no, I definitely meant to say elephant. <laughs> you, you went on to say in the room and I was like, oh no, elephant was right. <laughs> so, so basically if I can, if I can take, take charge here for a brief second, the essentials of this conversation go, Hermione is like, oh, you should join Spew because, you mm-hmm. know, the house elves are people and they deserve rights mm-hmm. like anybody else. And Hagrid goes, Indeed. oh, you silly girl. They like being slaves and they're good at it. And they like yep. keeping at, taking care of humans. And then Hermione's like, but what about 
Dobby. Dobby felt extremely oppressed, and he was very, very vindicated when he was freed. And then Hagrid is like, oh, there's weirdos in every bunch. Like, Which is true, but that's not what's like, happening here. fuck me. Like, Hagrid, <laughs> maybe uh, Dobby isn't a weirdo for wanting basic rights. I'm sorry. Yeah, and um, Hagrid frames it in such a way for Hermione, he says that um, trying to do this with the house elves would be an unkindness. Like, it's like, crazy! <laughs> it's fucking insane. I'm pretty sure he describes them as, like, some type of weird breeds, like... Yeah, he, he says you get weirdos in every breed, and, like, it's especially <laughs> crazy coming from Hagrid because, like, he's also marginalized in this society. Like, and we don't he... know that yet in the text, but, like, Hagrid has also dealt with a lot of shit, but also, <sighs> and, like, this is, here's the thing, it's infuriating, but it's also completely believable because in a lot of marginalized groups, you do get, and like, this is such a small community, you do get people who are like, I have found my place in the status quo where I'm safe, and therefore I'm just not gonna rock the boat, and I think that's kind of Hagrid in this case, especially like, wizard society, very, very small, very insular, if you are different, it is obvious, so like, you try not to rock the boat as much as humanly possible, so like, that's what Hagrid's doing here, because he's like, it would be very hard for them if everything changed immediately tomorrow. It would be extremely difficult. But, like, also, here's the thing. Hermione is still right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. it's crazy to me because it's, like, like, when I was a kid, I would have given anything to get a fucking letter to Hogwarts and go to be a wizard in wizarding school. And now, like, as an adult, I'm like, the wizarding world kind of fucking sucks. Oh my god, it's like how at my work they don't recycle and I'm like <laughs> I can't even I can't even support you guys. Yeah, I I've just decided that I don't want I'm glad I never got a letter to Hogwarts because with as uh well coordinated and functioning as I am as an adult, there is no fucking way I would have survived my se- till my seventh year. I would have never graduated. What is <laughs> what is the dropout rate for Hogwarts? <laughs> Real, oh my though. god um uh, do you mean murder rate because yeah. kids be getting murdered out here yeah. well it's and i t- i was we were we were watching honestly because we were doing we were building lego sets a few days ago and we were watching first harry potter movie and I, oh yeah you did fox the phoenix yeah right? yeah it was that was amazing it's a great set and it, it's wings actually like undulate as it moves and it's really I like it. organic it's very cool fox anyway is doing the wave like the first harry potter book is is like Harry is just like main character syndrome all the way. It's like I want to hear about just a regular wizard how they go about their life in this world. It's like I don't want to hear about Harry and how oh every single time it's like wh- Zach, have you seen Puffs? <laughs> when no, I haven't. I I've you heard you have to see Puffs. That's what you're asking. I've heard it's that's good. the entire premise. Of that's Puffs. the premise of Puffs. Guys, guess what? We're all wizards. Like Harry is like. Like, every other person that sits down to, for the sorting hat, they're all just, he's like, oh, it's Slytherin, it's, oh, it's fine, Gryffindor, uh, Hermione, or, uh, Hufflepuff. And then H- Harry sits down, and, like, the sorting hat has a fucking business interview with him. Like, nobody else <laughs> got that. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, okay, let, okay, focus, okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming Hagrid. to my TED Talk about Harry Potter uh, and the Sorcerer's Stone. <laughs> 
Hagrid is like, let's go up to the castle. I'll walk with you. I'll be your chaperone. Never fear, for I am here. And then he <laughs> slaps a bunch of cologne on himself, and every all the kids are like, "That's too much. You're you're whatever this is. You're definitely doing too much." <laughs> so he goes outside and he dunks his his face in the water to rinse it off, and then he just completely abandons the children and walks off <laughs> to Madame Maxime and the Beaupaton students. He ghosts them. This has happened to me so many times. <laughs> Adults, friends, at every single point in my life. I don't think I've ever gone more than six months without this exact thing happening to me. <laughs> no. Oh my god. That is incredibly funny. Um, so um, he fancies her, right? He thinks she's sexy. That's why he's trying to get all sexy with his suit and his eau, eau de cologne. I don't know. How is to is this the book with, with Rita Skeeta? Is she coming in this book? Yeah, Rita Skeeta. Rita Skeeta. Yeah, um, yeah, specifically, Sam, the journalist from Content and Capable, is coming on for Rita Skeeter chapter later down the road to talk about um, ethics and journalism, and I'm very excited Oh, that's that going to be a good episode. Yeah, Rita Skeeta. Someone in the last, like, two episodes has pointed out to me that that's supposed to rhyme. I forget who it was. But that changed my world. Ray Tuskita, obviously, it rhymes in British. Yeah, it rhymes in British. <laughs> you say her name exactly the same way you say Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew, yeah, That's exactly. Ray Tuskita, Peter Pettigrew. Like, you need that on a t-shirt. I promise it rhymes in British. <laughs> Yo, that's real when you're reading like Shakespeare and stuff. You have to be like, okay, like, is this rhyming or not rhyming? Because uh-huh. otherwise it's kind of hard to read it. Yeah. yeah, that also, there's like a couple lines in my favorite poem of all time The no, Ladies' no, Dressing no. Room no, by no, Jonathan no. Swift, where like, I don't it's. I want to talk about it. <laughs> I do love Jonathan Swift. It. Uh, no. It's great. He proposed no, no. eating babies a as a very uh, sensible solution to poverty. He like he was hilarious. Uh, read read the, read the ladies' dressing room and then read an examination of what the fuck is going on in the ladies' dressing room because it's hilarious. For the listeners, poor Tostita is just like about to crawl under I've a rock right now. I've subjected her to it so much. Anyway, so the goblin. No, of fire. I I just want to tell people though, it's like a very good poem if you're okay with just absolute filth. It's so. <laughs> I feel like Haley is a sadist right now. She's just like, how can I cause the most discomfort in Christina? It's my favorite thing to share with new friends. If you if you can't take me at my worst, you can't have me at my best. Her worst is this Jonathan Swift poem. And her best is like quippy Lord of the Rings discourse. Yeah. This Alex, is, you gave okay. me too much wine. This is Haley's litmus test for friends. Like, if you can't handle this, then get the fuck out. If you can't handle me at my Jonathan Swift, you don't deserve by John Ronald Royal Tolkien. <laughs> Haley and I are friends because of a passing Lord of the Rings remark. I have yep. never, literally in my whole life, heard J.R.R. Tolkien's full name, so thank you for that. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Jo- John Rolkin Rolkin Tolkien. Jerry Randall Randall Tolkien. Jo- no, I like John Rolkin There's Rolkin Tolkien way better. <laughs> That's what it's... I just want to be his mother. <laughs> you guys need to look up Jonathan Swift, the ladies' dressing room, and then Hobbit milk on YouTube. <laughs> okay, all these things are linked in the show notes. I'm moving us briskly on. Please. Um, they go they go up to the castle for the Halloween feast. They're feasting. Um, Nobody's they in just costume. Feasted yesterday. It's Nobody's in costume. It's absolutely nonsense. Um, they're just eating, and then 
it's time. It's almost time. Because Dumbledore is like, I estimate that the goblet requires one more minute. (laughs) Was it exactly, is there like a timer? Because like Lee's checking his watch through this whole thing. Is it like exactly 24 24 hours? hours. Dumbledore is like, Dumbledore's like texting the goblet. He's like, you up? And the goblet's like, I need a minute. (laughs) Yo, I'm downstairs. (laughs) Can you talk about how like, why they get only 24 hours to get up like, lady, I need to, if there's this un- mysterious, like, unbreakable contract, like, I need to contact my lawyer, like, I need to do all these things before I put my name in that goblet. Meanwhile, yeah. we have a whole fucking school year to go through these three events. But it's like, <laughs> why? One, why? one thing that I thought was really funny was, like, well, question that I had about this whole situation is, like, what the fuck did the other kids of the like competing schools do during the the school year like are they just do they just hang out like what and like i know no it's so stupid and instead of answering that question that bitch was just like hey what if i just had harry and ron be like hey what do the other kids do during the thing oh i don't know do they just hang out or like the exact question i had like ron asks and harry just like or harry asks and ron just shrugs <laughs> it's like yeah well all right i guess because you lampshaded it it's okay like every racist so joke weird. in TV ever. If you lampshade it, it's fine. Don't even worry about y- it. Yes. I, I think that Harry Potter's, as a series, its take on general, like, social justice or, like, anything is, like, the lampshade thing that you've mentioned. Yeah. It's just like, it's just like there it is. Or it's like it. And moving it's on. It's like in Big Bang Theory when one of the characters says a really sexist joke. And then the, the punchline is one of the other characters says, wow, that's really sexist. It's like, that doesn't make it okay. It's like, you didn't just get away with it. Just don't say it. it. Just don't yeah. say it. Oh, my God. Don't manifest yeah. it. Anyway. Be more creative. Be better. Be better. Be a better writer. So, the Goblet of Fire. Guys, it's happening. The Goblet of Fire. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like SpongeBob f- eating his own hands in that episode. <laughs> yes. Like- it's like the lights from, like, we're in the hot seat on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, and, like, the music comes down. Do-do-do. <laughs> Oh my god, Sam had someone on Content and Capable who writes questions for who wants to be a millionaire. Oh that god. is maybe another one of my dream jobs. That is such a cool job. I almost, I meant to text you, Haley, because I'm like, trivia writer? That has Haley written all over it. <laughs> anyway, go listen to Content and Capable. The last several episodes have been excellent. Okay, the Goblet of Fire. The flames turn from blue to red to indicate that its body is ready. <laughs> it shoots out pieces of parchment um, Like for the champions It chooses Okay Psh. Okay Victor Crumb is the Durmstrang champion Obviously he's the only one that you've named Yeah, He's he's gonna be the one Nobody else has ever been referenced uh, Like They're all just faceless drones but There's the kid who dribbled food down his front There's him <laughs> there he, is wanted, that kid. he wanted a drink What if they, what if they, were, what if they were just like Ah and the wizard for so and so is Steve. We're just like <laughs> Steve. That's my dad's name. Good old Steve. That Steve, Steve was our drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> Steve sold us marijuana. Drug dealer Steve. We've all been there. So anyway, uh the Goblet of Fire. Okay, it's now it's like Fleur Delacour, the Beau Baton champion. So now Ron's like, I know the name of that. Bitch, I've been drooling over. Oh, yeah. Floor de claw. 
I was like leaving spicy, sarcastic comments for myself when I was taking notes about this several weeks ago. And now I don't feel the same. You know, I'm like, I don't need to read it like that. That's got a lot of attitude in it. Fleur de la it sounds. It sounds. It sounds like a like a like a fancy liquor. No, listen, okay, <laughs> Mike. I, I work at a remodeling company, and a lot of my colleagues, their previous job was floor and decor. <laughs> um, and every time they say that, I'm like, "That's from Harry Potter. That's that bitch from Harry Potter." Like, I, it's like a compulsion. F- floor and decor. I'm like, floor decor. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and then Cedric Diggory is the Hogwarts champion. Okay, great. And so everyone's really happy and they applaud. And then they go to sleep and yeah, Ron's not happy. They they all go to bed and then they go to sleep and then everything's fine. Uh can we talk about though how they were the one person they were rooting for? Uh, Angelina Johnson. Angelina. To I g- was rooting for Angelina too for a split second. Yes, I am totally team Angelina. However, this is the first time in my memory that I'm reading this book where they actually, like, that bitch describes a student as being a student of color yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. the one that they mm-hmm. want to sacrifice to the Triwizard Tournament. I'm like, oh my god. In hindsight, not sure this is, like, a good look. I would love a totally different version of this book written by an author of color where Angelina Angelina Johnson (laughs) gets selected as the the Hogwarts champion. I think that could be so much better of a story because I trust the hell out of that bitch. She's an excellent low-key character this entire book series. Okay, well, obviously, wait, because that's not all. The Goblet of Fire turns red again. It spits out another piece of parchment. Oh, shit. Dumbledore. Dumbledore, here's the thing. I would not have read this out loud. Yeah. Like, if I were Dumbledore, I never would have been like, Harry Potter, the kid with all the trauma, bring him up. Yeah, yeah, this bring him, no bring him out, bring Get him, him out. up here. <laughs> bring him out, bring him out. I would have I would have looked at that piece of paper. I would have been like, and that's all, folks. And I would have put it in my pocket. Yeah. We're shutting this down. We're going to figure this out later. This is not like an everyone problem. Yeah. But Tina... Finding magical <laughs> That's contract. right. That's right. Don't come at me with that. Doesn't make any fucking sense. <laughs> they don't even. Here's the thing. Like, okay, blood <laughs> magic or like an unforgivable curse. Like, it's no, not unforgivable curse. What's the um unbreakable vow? Um, those kinds of things. I think I consider to be like blood magic, right? But like this shit is not blood magic, especially if Harry Potter did not put his name in mm-hmm. himself. I, it's just like. Yeah, the contract There's is no null and reason. the contract is null and void if Harry did not consent to being a fucking triwizard and he, contestant. Nope, it's binding. He, it's binding. It just needs extra, to be his name. It's binding. It's just he's binding. He's too young. He's extra. Like it makes no binding sense. Binding magical now. contract. And it's just okay. But it's well, binding. Okay, but if we sk- it's he's obligated. If we skip, he's obligated. If we now. skip ahead a little bit, like we know that the whole reason that Harry's name came out of the goblet is because the triwizard cup is a port key, and like it's like. This is the most cockamamie, like, backwards, like, intricate plan to just get Harry in front of Voldemort. Like, there are easier fucking ways to do this. You could kidnap him and put a fucking bag over his head and take him to Voldemort yourself. Like, like, why is this elaborate plan... It's like, oh, well, Harry, what if... They set up this whole rude Goldberg machine yeah. to get... <laughs> like, what if what if Harry, in the first challenge, just got bodied by the dragon? What if that happened? Like, what? This happened, Zach, <laughs> because wizards, be they good or evil, 
be their intentions pure or not, are all about <laughs> the drama. That's it. This is just about the drama. Are you a good witch or a bad witch? They're all they're all playing mount like Milton Bradley's mouse trap. They're all just like, oh, in order to catch this mouse, we gotta set up this whole fucking Rube Goldberg machine. Real talk, nobody ever actually played Mousetrap, right? Y'all just set up the thing and then set it off. Nobody oh my God, ever like, played I, Mousetrap. I can't, I can't deal with something so like finicky <laughs> and like complex. Like absolutely not. Yeah, we had actual mouse traps in my house. And my parents kept every single thing that I probably breathed on from my childhood. And they're like, here is every Ooh. game you ever owned. And here's the story behind it. How your grand great grandmother who passed away on this Let date in go. February like, bought your I'm 30 years old. <laughs> She's like, Let do you want go. this copy? Let it go. <laughs> She's like, do you want this copy of Mousetrap? And I'm like, how much is it worth? And she's like, well, if you're going to sell it, then I won't give it to you. And I'm like, well, fine. And it can take up space in your fucking basement. Yeah, right. Honestly, parents care so much about material possessions. That's something I've learned in my life. And they give me so much shit for like all the things I keep on. And I'm like, the only thing that I've held on to besides our clothing and books. I own more books than any other object, and those actually hold value. <laughs> so, for those of the podcast that don't know, I, I am a freelance artist. I do it professionally as a visual artist person. And um, my mother has kept every single shred of art that she has come into contact with of mine. Oh, no. And I have, oh, I have thrown out <clears throat> dozens and dozens of my own pieces because I just wanted to make room for stuff, and I just don't care. This is a piece I made in college. I don't, it doesn't look good anymore. I don't care. But my, my mother cares. <laughs> but this That's was, very sweet. This was from your blue period. Like, we... Oh, my God. It's going to be in an art museum someday. Nope. <laughs> nope. Speaking of parents, I have to tell you guys that my dad just texted me a meme and it said, just got my, this is my dad, my father, just got my ancestry.com results back. And then it's a box of assorted crackers. (laughs) (laughs) I've never met your dad and I love him. (laughs) When he, he did 23 and me several years ago and he discovered his long lost father. It's a very cool story. But when he was reading, he was like, oh my God, we're like this percent Scottish, this percent British, this percent like Norwegian. I'm like, 100% white people. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, Like I don't, I really don't need to hear the list. White people soup. Oh my God. If you, if you titled your episodes the way we do, white people soup would be a great (laughs) name for this episode. Honestly, I'm like jealous of the way you guys label your episodes, but I, I'm literally too lawful to like do something like that. Like I just have, I'm like, people need to see what the episode's about. Yeah. Like this is the name of it. Um. Anyway, are you guys ready to move on to plugs? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would love to start real quick by plugging our Patreon for as little as a dollar a month. You can become part of our discord server where me, Zach, Alex and Haley all hang out all the time. It's an incredibly fun place to be. It is. And at the $5 tier, you can get our bonus episodes. And this month's bonus episode came out last Saturday and it was all about the Hogwarts School of Prayer and Miracles, which is a very funny Christian fanfic. I'm going to go listen to it after we're done recording because I'm so excited. It's very funny. Um, if you have any kind of religious trauma, don't go there. But like, <laughs> if you if you have a good, good humor about the whole thing, then check it out. I just had an entire mental breakdown yesterday talking about to Zach about my past religious trauma. So I will oh my not God. be listening to that episode. 
Don't listen to it. Zach can give you the uh, the summary. Yeah. Zach and or Alex, can you just remind everyone what My Cabbages is about? If they if, if this is the first time they're hearing about it. Yeah, My Cabbages is a podcast about After the Last Airbender where Alex and I make uh, dumb jokes and uh, occasionally go into very... Um, like intro- introspective uh, deep dives on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender. We go episode yeah. by episode, cracking jokes. There's some D and D flair, and uh, just yes. like the uh, reading back through the Harry Potter series, realizing, damn, how did these kids function with all the trauma they experienced? Well, we talk about the same thing sometimes on our show, so that's your so stick. much trauma for these child yes. protagonists. Season two had some pretty big guests. Season one is pretty strong too. So just start at the beginning and yeah. hang out, and it's 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 great. We also have a Patreon, and maybe go support that. Who knows? Yeah, and you can find us on our socials on Twitter at CabbageCast. Or are we are we doing? We're socials at, later yeah no hit it we're no, at, hit it, we're at it. cabbage cast and we can email us at at my or gmail my it's my cabbage cast at gmail.com is our email you, you guys are doing great thanks so much <laughs> again too much wine this was too much wine <laughs> no i've also had too much wine it's wine. fine you're whining about wine and you know what that's the last time you get hand delivered room service with wine in a service babe please Jeez. please Please keep bringing me wine. I love you. I brought a bottle up here. Um, Tina, you have that exact energy, and I love you forever. Um, Thank you. Yeah, how about some personal plugs? Yeah. Yeah, Alex, what have you been reading, listening to, watching, playing recently that has been vibing with you? Well, one of the things, I would share music I've been listening to, um, but just like I complained earlier, have a basic bitch in uh, Amazon Music, the universe is conspiring against me. So uh, not only was I having a terrible day yesterday, uh, but Amazon Music uh, and Amazon Web Service decided to have a uh, entire outage in the oh. area of Virginia. So I just... Oh, no couldn't listen to music all day yesterday and i wanted to bang my head against the wall so books that i've been reading um i just finished a lovely um short book that i would describe as a gothic fantasy like mystery uh it is called all the murmuring bones by aj slatter uh it was released just uh this past year and is about this wonderful girl who lives in a very depressing world that is fantasy based, but very reminiscent of like Victorian uh, Ireland. There's a lot of like Celtic folklore and mm. uh, people, and uh, it's a Moida mystery. So if you are looking for um, a really short, quick read with some very interesting um, takes um, on some Celtic folklore, folklore it's pretty feminist uh driven and nice i'm i was into it so highly recommend and uh my only caveat is there is, it's it's dark so if you're looking for something to cheer you up or mm. uh you know make you feel better about yourself uh this book is probably not that yeah if that's the case just message me i've read <laughs> some cute stuff recently uh-huh. <laughs> Um, Zach, what have you been watching, reading, listening to, playing um, recently that you think our listeners would vibe with? This uh, isn't very hard for me. I'm going to plug a game that I've just become obsessed with called Opus Magnum. Uh, it's not exactly a, a particularly new game, but uh, it's a few years old at this point. And 
um, is a, is a Zaxtronics game, which I swear it has nothing to do with my namesake. I'm not involved in it in any way. But Zaxtronics is a company that makes like they make puzzle games that are also like automation slash like sort of almost like like programming games. Essentially, what Opus Magnum is is you are an alchemist doing. Uh, mechanized alchemy and you have all of these like mechanical arms that you can program to construct a molecule you have all these little like base parts that you're given and you have to produce a molecule and you have to like program all of the different arms to construct this thing and and deposit it at a certain location Uh, and that's very abstract and very hard to conceptualize in an audio format but just look up the trailer for opus magnum and if, it's linked in the show notes if you look at it and you're not immediately like well this is too much then maybe give it a try because i've become completely <laughs> addicted to it and i love it hell yeah thank you so much um Haley, i'm not gonna ask you for your twitter you know why because people if they know if they need to know they'll know and it's in, linked in the show notes forever yeah there you go <laughs> Thank you what? for sparing me. What? I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying my socials anymore. Personally, I'm. I'm sick of it. You know where to find me, <laughs> Haley. What have you, however, been watching, reading, listening, playing to, etc., vibing Thank with you lately? For asking, um, uh, I am going to plug kind of two things, kind of one thing. Um, I am going to plug the Wheel of Time. Uh, there's really? a yeah, actually, uh, there's a series the uh, Prime? coming out. The Prime series? Yeah, there's a series on Prime. Um, It's based on a book series that I read in, like, middle and high school. Um, The Wheel of Time is why everyone is so mad at uh, George R.R. Martin and telling him to write faster, because the author of Wheel of Time, it's like a 12-book series, and then he died after writing book 11, and Brandon Sanderson had to finish it. Oh and my every- god, what? Yeah. I did not know that. That's wild. Yeah, it's infuriating. That's um, amazing. That's but crazy. But Brandon Sanderson's yeah. pretty talented. Did he do a good the job? Brandon Sanderson's books. pretty great, but everyone was like pissed oh at this dude for like, you mother, like on the last book, are you fucking kidding? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I might That's still crazy. be mad from eighth grade. Um, <laughs> But the the TV series, I've been watching it. There's like five episodes. Uh, it'll be six when this airs. It has made some changes. I don't agree with all of them, but I understand all of them, and I like most of them. Uh, the book series, Wheel of Time, is kind of like if Game of Thrones didn't it wasn't trying so hard not to be a fantasy series and like mm. trying to be so grim and like gritty and realistic mm. wheel of time is just like this is a stupid lord of the rings uh rip off with just like <laughs> way too many characters and like way too much that's world my building. favorite genre yeah. that's it's my favorite so genre. <laughs> doofy and fun it is not trying to be anything other than what it is basically cool. the whole premise is um what if instead of gandalf i uh, being the inciting dude to like get you to go on an adventure it was fucking galadriel and she was terrifying the entire time that's kind of the vibe um Mm -hmm. the show has uh streamlined things quite a bit it's also done that thing um where anytime they make a movie or series based on a fantasy series where people are like why can't you just literally have people of color in it it did that um Mm -hmm. like it's just it it just doesn't matter uh and also, it like it's taken a lot of kind of gender essentialisty things from the mm-hmm. books, and done away with them as much as is possible in the mechanics of the world. So it's I'm thoroughly enjoying the uh, TV series. I'd say it's kind of on the same 
level production value and writing wise as The Witcher. Like mm-hmm. if, if you enjoyed The Witcher, you might enjoy this, but like it's nice. less it's less grim dark and more fun. Gotcha. You know so yeah, what? Wheel of Time. I've been seeing uh, a lot of adverts for this, and I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We actually just embarked on uh, a new journey, which is we're rewatching Once Upon a Time. Oh my god, I love that show. Big dumb fluffy fun. No, it's so stupid and amazing. I know, I love it. And it turns out I've consumed more of media than Zach has (laughs) of this thing, so... Yeah, I'm taking advantage of that. I fell off the horse. A bonus shout out to Dune. If you haven't seen Dune yet, it's uh, quite good. Watch it. Tina! Yeah, indeed. Well, you know, I'm Christina. You know where to find me. And what I'm going to recommend to all of our readers this week is The Gods of Jade and Shadow, which is our, um, what month is it? December? December. Yes. December. <laughs> book month. Um, book selection on the Movie Night Crew Network. Adele, our friend Adele is leading us this month. And it's um, Gods of Jade and Shadow by Silvia Moreno-Garcia. It's just like a very delightful historical Mexican fantasy romp. Interesting. Um, it's very, it's very lovely. It was like a lovely time. I enjoyed every second of it. Um, so that's that. Uh, Haley, thank you as always for being my dependable co-pilot. Hey, Zach, Alex, thank you for joining us. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you for being just such a wonderful host, both in person and virtually. And happy oh. to be here as always to like talk cool stuff about Harry Potter and shit on that bitch. <laughs> Yeah, break it down. <laughs> All right, gang, I gotta go finish reading How to Dupe Old Mystical Cups before this book magically binds me to a contest I did not enter. Bye. <laughs> Bye. 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 The Restricted Section is thrilled to be a member of the Movie Night Crew Podcast Network, which features amazing other podcasts such as My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast. My Cabbages is an Avatar The Last Airbender podcast that was started by two lovable nerds during a global pandemic to stave off their inevitable existential crisis. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables could stand against his trolling, but when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you, sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on an on a even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his D20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? The Restricted Section was created by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Support us on patreon.com slash restricted section. 
For as little as a dollar a month, you can gain access to our Discord community server, which is a really happy place to be. And there are other rewards as well, such as bonus episodes and Zoom happy hour hangouts. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Restricted Section Pod, on Twitter at Restricted Pod, and on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod. Also, feel free to shoot us an email at restrictedsectionpod at gmail.com to share your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or even lavish praise. Oh, this is a big boy. Like, this book is thick. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.